Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's Jacqueline. And Alana. And here's another episode of Black and Yellow. What's up? Welcome back, Black and Yellow Nation. Welcome to another episode and welcome to the Biden-Harris administration. More importantly, um, I'm sure we all tuned in to see the inauguration of President Joe Biden and our first Madam Vice President Kamala Harris. Not to mention, we got to see J-Lo and Lady Gaga looking sickening and sounding great, which I did not realize we were going to have that amount mm-hmm. of star power in the room, outside uh, of the room. Uh, so it was great to see them. <laughs> they sounded amazing. They looked fantastic. Uh, however, without a doubt, my favorite moment of the entire ceremony was the Poetry delivered by L.A. native and young black queen Amanda Gorman, who I cannot wait to hear more from as her star shines brighter and her platform continues to grow. And she's an L.A. native, so we claim her. We love her. (laughs) Represent. Uh, What was your favorite? Exactly. What was your favorite moment of the inauguration? I would have to say the same thing. Uh, Besides seeing Kamala Harris getting sworn in, I definitely got emotional and... Yeah, it was just, it was beautiful to watch, beautiful to hear. Um, I kept thinking, like, you know, my Angelou, you know, spirit must have been so proud. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just so beautiful to hear her speak and, you know, everything about it was awesome. Yeah, you could definitely feel the Toni Morrison, Maya Angelou, Zora Neale Hurston vibes coming, mm-hmm. flowing from Miss Gorman. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Also, Side note, I feel like the entire world has fallen in love with Kamala Harris's husband, Doug Emhoff, I believe is how you pronounce his name, just because he loves his wife so much and he's so such a fan of hers. And I'm glad that we now have this like great archetype of a, a supportive man who steps back and just like lets lets his woman live her life and doesn't try and control his woman's life. Exactly. He has a sticker of her face on the back of his Android. (laughs) We'll forgive you for that, Doug. He has a picture of his wife on the back of his iPhone. And now I might have to tell my fiance, if my face is on the back of your iPhone, you don't love me. That's great. Yeah, you should tell Dylan that. Just so you know. That's all I need. That's all I need left in this in this relationship. And then we're set. Exactly. My face on the front and back of your phone. Uh, So today's episode was inspired by a moment that happened in an upcoming episode. And quite frankly, I love when show ideas are born out of radical discoveries one of us makes about the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were working on our Chinese New Year episode, which is going to be great. And our it came out that neither our <laughs> guest nor you attended sleepovers as a kid. <laughs> and my professional mind was like, just keep going, just keep going. But I was shocked. I have to ask, like, yeah, what was with the no sleepovers? You know, I don't know if it's just an Asian thing, and we're going to get into it in a little bit, but it was a struggle. I remember asking my mom for the first time in the first – like, she didn't even think about it. Like, she didn't even, like, take a breath. It was just no. And I was like, (laughs) wait. I was like, but all my friends are going. Like, isn't this normal? Um, Apparently, it's not normal. But but Asian parents have their – 
very specific reasons why. And I think it could be different across the board. But sure. um, and I'm sure not every Asian kid, you know, didn't get to go to sleepovers. But it is it seems to be a very <laughs> reoccurring theme in an Asian household. Um, yeah, it was always like tug of war. It was like begging and and, and like I would I would just beg like, why, please, 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 I'll do anything. I'll do chores for a week. I'll do I'll scrub all the dishes. I'll scrub all the floors like. Oh. Yeah, you like Cinderella going to a sleepover. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> got to earn it. It's all about that, and then got to earn your sleepover. Okay, I mean, I don't hate that. <laughs> I uh, I think the reason that I was so surprised was because sleepovers are just one of those events that is so baked into American childhood and teenagehood that yeah. I I didn't ever consider not going to a sleepover. Mm. I mean, I had one friend who didn't who's who's. I had one friend who was not allowed to go to sleepovers as a kid. That was because her mom didn't want her in a house with teenage boys Mm -hmm. and, uh, like, grown men that weren't her family. Right. Which, in hindsight, I get. Yeah. In my kid brain at the time, I was like, oh, her mom doesn't want her to have any fun. (laughs) Um, But look, uh, hindsight is 2020. Quite literally, it is now 2020. And I can understand that um, (laughs) – I can understand that reasoning. Um, And I guess I I think similar to driving where the importance of getting your license and and the process of getting your permit and getting your first car or being handed down your first car and the horror stories that are born out of that, all of that feels like a building block of teenagerhood in America and in American culture, I should say. Mm -hmm. And sleepovers uh, have that same rite of passage feel for kids, teens, and preteens. Yeah. So all that said, we're going to talk about no sleepovers as a kid, very few sleepovers as a kid. Uh, is this an Asian thing or is it just a difference in parenting and child rearing? And are sleepovers even really necessary? Are they safe anymore? I mean, I think these are all good questions to ask. And I Yeah, think- it's different now. I mean, you talk about after sure. COVID, you know, it's totally Dude. different. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. All the- I'm thinking about all these poor kids now who like – can't or have to get tested before like it's yeah. crazy yeah so i say thank you for shining a light in this blind spot of mine and maybe for potential other listeners of the show who are like no sleepovers what's childhood it's yeah. possible and we're it's gonna true. talk about it it's true uh but first shall we put our money where our mouth is let's do it let's put our money where our mouth is you guys um Woo-hoo! i'll go first so um I guess this could be for, like, adult sleepovers. <laughs> so it is Kim and Ono. Um, they are a handcrafted kimono company specializing in silk. I hope I'm saying this right. In Charmuse Botanical Print Kimonos. Um, each kimono features an original pattern first sketched by hand and then saturated in rich watercolors using traditional paintbrush. Um they draw inspiration from the various styles of traditional Chinese brushwork, capturing the aesthetics um, of depth, contrast, space, and balance. It's beautiful. They're romantic. They have tranquil scenes of birds and flowers. Oh, I want to buy one already. Um, I love kimonos. I have like two and they're short and I really want a long one. I just want to, you know, I want to feel like a princess. Yeah. Um, so behind the brand is awesome. It's a pair of two sisters. Um, it's a family-owned, operated business. I think their parents started it, and then the sisters took th- took it over. Um, they have been stitched together. The, so the kimonos have a common theme, and they've been stitched together um, 
through family. Um, for 30 years, the business has remained family-owned and operated. Like I said, they first launched in a small boutique in Chinatown in San Francisco. Cool. Um, the original name was actually called Old Shanghai, which is ironic for this next episode we have coming up. Um, <laughs> and um, they recently changed it to Kim and Ono. Um, and I like, so they have like, they say, you know, we have like, they're for women, but they have like W O in parentheses and then they have like M E on the M E N. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's really well done. And they have like some male models, um, as well who are wearing kimonos. And I think that's so cool because why not? Um, and so, yeah, as the sisters grew older, they become, they became more involved and they took it over in 2004. Um, so the sisters are called Renee and Tiffany and they continue to infuse a modern aesthetic paired with timeless techniques to craft beautiful everyday kimonos um so check them out it's at kim and ono.com and i believe their handle on instagram is the same thing um but yeah kim plus ono um like the plus sign on instagram um i have a question yeah so is it not traditional for men to wear kimonos or have kimonos just become a, sort of a gendered piece of clothing where it's, it, we, it's become gendered in the sense that we generally see more women wearing them. So we assume it's a women's garment. Yeah, I think the latter of what you said is more correct. Like I, you know, back Got then it. everyone used to wear robes, right? Robes were sure the way the the clothing. Um, and then I think with all the lines, it just started to change, and 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 maybe not as acceptable for men to wear something that's silk and flowy mm. and cut. But I like, I don't know. I know, like huh. I know men who have like robes, right? Sure. And so yeah. it's kind of the same thing. Um, yeah. Anyways, yeah, I, I think I think all men should have, you know, like a robe they can get into and feel like a king because why not? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't know the exact history. That could be a cool episode as well. But um, check them out. Their kimonos are beautiful, well-designed, um, and Asian women-owned um, small business. Help, help them out support all the good stuff all mm-hmm. the good stuff uh well i will i will c- compliment your adult <laughs> evening wear okay uh my company is called dreams and jammies Ooh. at dreams and jammies on instagram and what would a slumber party be without a c- great and comfortable pair of pajamas for kids to well slumber in um enter dreams and jammies simone edmondson established dreams and jammies llc which is an atlanta-based company to play a key role in transforming how children of color see themselves uniquely portrayed in their sleepwear as they drift off into their heavenly dreams edmondson states quote i wanted children of color to know that they've that they're valued in their faces matter on average, children are in their PJs nine plus hours per day. I did not wow. know that. I, I had fact. no idea. Right. So I thought it would be inspirational for them to show their individuality by selecting designs which aligns with the child's inner spirit. Parents could use dreams and jammies as a platform to launch their child's daily affirmations of self-worth. Dreams and Jammies, uh, end quote. Dreams and Jammies pajamas are 100% cotton, designed to be comfortable and tagless. Uh, all dreamsandjammies.com products are available for direct shipping worldwide with prices starting at around $15. So tuck in your little princesses, your little princes, or your tiny royal human at night with these <laughs> awesome 
jammies. They're great. I mean, I, I love when that. I, when I came across this, I was like, yeah, you're right. I grew up in princess sprinkled pajamas, but never any pajamas that had faces that looked like me or my friends for that matter. So Dreams and Jammies, you can go on there. They've got a bunch of different designs. You can pick out the one that speaks to you and your child. Uh, and I mean, it's like your kid's first taste of customized clothing How in pajama fun. form. I mean, I'm just saying. How fun. And then I think every clothing should be tagless, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why we are still doing tags. It's 2021. No more tags. No like, more I tags. I don't get it. Yeah. It's, it's stupid. It's, yeah, it's very ineffective. It um, is. <laughs> but what is effective is dropping these, both of these links in show notes. Get your kimono. Get your kids a pair of jammies. They also sound like they would make great gifts. Oh, yes. Who doesn't love little... soft pajamas? Or a soft, silky kimono. Ooh. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if, you, if you're trying to do some pre- some pre-scouted gift shopping you know maybe yes like, take this down somewhere and we all know this year is looking like we're all gonna be a little bit home oh, for a little yes. bit longer might as well dress yep. up and feel good while you're at home that's a great point yeah get out of them sweats and get into a kimono and get into a different kind of 2021 mm-hmm. you know what i mean treat yourself Yes. Okay, so let's talk about our personal experiences with sleepovers. Okay. Shall we? <laughs> let's do because it. They're going to be starkly different, I feel. <laughs> but I think that's what makes a great episode because I loved sleepovers as a kid. And I would go to as many sleepovers as possible. And I never had to negotiate with my mom to take wow, a sleepover. Lucky because, you. Well, because it was a break for her and my dad as well. Right. right. Like, I, I would never have thought that. <laughs> Yeah, like they get a break too. So it's like, oh, yes, get rid of my child. Win win. Exactly. What time do I have to pick her up tomorrow? Not till one. <gasps> and I get a morning? Stop it. Um, but I remember also like loving the ritual of sleepovers, like getting the invitation, realizing it was a sleepover, picking out the clothes that I wanted to wear, picking out wow. my pajama and my loungewear, picking out the little weekend bag that I pack it all up in, packing it all together. Cause it, I mean, if you think about it, a sleepover is like a kid's first taste of packing to go somewhere like it was yeah and also I think back. it's the first time you don't have your parents with you if you are like attached or if you you know that's a big deal sure sure a hundred percent um I like yeah. would talk would wonder what kind of cake we were gonna eat and what kind of food <laughs> we were gonna have and what kind of board games we were gonna what? play and oh my I gosh loved it. it was such a ritual from start to finish I also feel like this was the era of everyone had a karaoke machine and a pogo stick <laughs> So those are always the, <laughs> those are like the two de facto activities. Like, if nothing yeah. else, pogo you're going to Spice Girls and you're going to pogo stick and maybe you'll play some Pretty Pretty Princess or Monopoly or Sorry or Clue or whatever. But, like, sleepovers were amazing. And, wow. and I, like, I couldn't – like, they were so crucial in my childhood. But the, the counter to that was also um, when – I, when I would have my birthday parties, my parents have a place in Palm Springs. And so, I want to say fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, we always got a bunch of friends. My mom would rent a van, her and my aunt. And we would oh my drive God, how fun! Because the complex that my parents have this uh, condo in, it was all old people. It was all like, oh. you know, like sort of knocking on death's door. Yeah, so, yeah. It was kind of like we had the run of the complex to ourselves. We never saw anybody. We would like swim all day and eat pizza and fall asleep in our bathing suits and wake up and do it all over again. And like, 
I don't know. It just like that's that laid the groundwork for what would then go on to be girls trips and things of that nature. I see. Yeah. Oh, how beautiful. You are blessed. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I also thank my mom for putting up with all of those kids. Oh my gosh. I can imagine. Yes. Okay. I'll hit me with yours. I want to know. Yeah, mine was very different. My idea of a, ha- having a sleepover or getting at least, you know, a couple in in my childhood involved a lot of stress, a lot of sadness, a lot Got of it. anger, a Got lot it. of not understanding why I couldn't go, you know, because I would be angry because all yeah. my friends, all my other friends got to go and I couldn't go, you know? Sure. Um, so I guess um, I did – okay, so I did never – not never got to go, but it, there were enough no's. There were more no's than yeses. Um, okay. And the only ones that I got to go to were the ones that, like, my mom really knew their families. And so it got was it. tough. It was tough when it was, like, you know, if we were friends growing up um, and you just were – if my mom didn't know your mom or didn't know your dad, she most likely wouldn't have let me go, even though you and I could have been great mm. friends. Um, so sure. it was it was really tough in that sense when I had best friends that I knew I would have such a fun time with. And they weren't sure. my best friends. But because uh, my mom didn't feel comfortable, you know, go, like sending me there, um, then I just couldn't go. And I would feel left out mm. because, you know, all my other best friends are going. You know, it's just like – like you said, I do think it is a rite of passage um, in terms of a childhood's growing up. And um, the fact that I got more no's than yeses was very difficult to mm. deal with. <laughs> well, I can understand your mom's – your mom's comfort level and needing to feel comfortable, especially when you're talking about dealing with really young kids. Cause that's yeah. where it starts, right? Like baseline. If your parents aren't comfortable with the, the parents of the kids who you're sending your kid off with, because at the end of the day, you don't know what's happening in that yeah. house when you're it's not true. there. I could totally understand that. Yeah. And I think when we think about like, why no sleepovers? I do think it's important to argue maybe why some people wouldn't be comfortable with sleepovers because sleepovers yeah. in the research for this show, I began to realize it's not just an Asian thing. There are plenty of white parents there are plenty of black parents that religious. Send, a lot of people who are religious yeah, too. Yeah, definitely that don't send their kids off to sleepovers. Right. So right. I, I think it's important to talk about the, the argument against, shall we? Let's do it. So I think the, the the most obvious reason that perhaps a parent would be like, no, 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 sleepover is not for me and my child. Uh, I think there's a fear of the possibility of things like sexual abuse or some sort yeah. of sexual trauma. And, I mean, we all hear stories, right? We've all heard sure. stories of like kids going and then something happened. And as a parent, yeah. a kid, as a kid, you're not thinking that, right? But as a parent, that's right. probably the number one thing you are thinking of. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, so my father is in the legal field. My mom is in education. Uh, A lot of the parents that I grew up with were also in the legal field. So Mm -hmm. in terms of feeling comfortable, I do think in hindsight, having people who were similar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And and already knowing that those values are aligned does make for a foundation of comfort. So I understand where your mom was coming from about like needing to feel totally comfortable. And I guess in hindsight, not thinking like, oh, those kinds of careers, also the byproduct was like, oh, they probably share similar health and safety values among children. I'm comfortable sending my, my kid there. 
Yeah, yeah. I think, like, so for my mom, I think, I and I think for some Asian parents, there's some multiple reasons, but definitely for my mom, because for so long, she was a single mom, mm-hmm. um, you know, the idea of one of my friends having an older brother or dad was her number one reason why she didn't let me go. Um, and even when she did let me go, she would actually like train me. She would like talk to me about scenarios. Like if this happens, what would you do? Like if you're alone, she would be like, if you're alone in a room and he walks in, like, what are you going to do? Like, what then what if this happens? And like, I don't know if like, I, there were some moments growing up where, like, I think I was a little too young to hear that stuff. Sure. Um, and it and it did install instill like sometimes like a necessary fear in me. Um, mm-hmm. But as a parent, looking back, I, I would err on the side of like, well, at least I would like to be as honest and real as upfront in case. Obviously, I don't want anything to happen to her. So sure. I understand now, but I think as a child growing up, I was like very fearful of men, um, or like strangers in that in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. so so that was her number one reason why she wouldn't let me go. And then I think the number one reason, another reason that Asian parents have why they don't let their kids go to sleepovers, I think it's this idea of like having someone else's parent kind of take care of your child. Mm. is it's not like losing face but it's a little bit like their parent shouldn't be doing that job because their parent is not my child's parent it's there's like a specific word in mandarin i'm thinking of but it's kind of like not like a hassle like i wouldn't want to impose my child onto you you parent right like (laughs) Leslie's parent, right? Like, I wouldn't want to impose my child onto you because I'm her child and I will take care of her and feed her. Um, And it's just, like, a different perspective of, like, it's a hassle. It's probably – like, it it might cause you problems. Like, Mm. what if you have work? What if, you know, you have other stuff going on? Um, So those would be, like, my biggest two reasonings why – some Asian, most Asian parents wouldn't let, don't let us go out. And Mm -hmm. the idea of having another parent, having to take care of your child is a little bit like not in the culture, you know? Got it. Interesting. It's interesting that you, you brought up, um, the fact that you were raised by a single mom because the friend that I mentioned earlier, whose mom would not let her go was also raised by a single mom. Ah, yes. So that, yeah, yeah, that crossover makes actually more sense if you don't have men or male figures around to suddenly put them around your child whether your child is male or female or non-binary i can understand why that's a jarring decision Mm -hmm. um also that's an interesting cultural change the idea of like i don't want to bother you with extra work it's almost like i'm being considerate by not sending my child over and right engaging in a sleepover because it's one more mouth to feed one person have to clean up after that's interesting and that's like a big thing in asian culture like i don't want to bother you right like you see it in everywhere like i don't want to bother you so like let's not be emotionally open let's not be vulnerable you know it's kind of like it's like under it's like uh, what's the phrase it's kind of like you kind of see it permeate in a lot of areas um in different ways right like with actions with words um you know the the way we like speak you know um and that's obviously not across the board but that is a thing of like i don't want to bother you sure um and 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 someone else's perspective is totally different like it's not like it's not like an american family or anyone else the latina family could be like no not at all like 
one more yeah. child to feed. What's the big deal? You know? Yeah, exactly. No, totally. For yeah. sure. Absolutely. Um, that's really fascinating. Thank mm-hmm. you for shining that light into that blind spot because I that's a really interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. I think there's yeah. also the possibility of there being presences of influences that parents might not agree with. Drugs, yeah. alcohol, pornography, older siblings who might be going through questionable phases or making questionable decisions. I can understand all of those things being barriers to entry. For um, sure. Another thing that I've, I thought of, and this came up in research and I sort of thought back to my childhood sleepover days were kids that came from dysfunctional families. Yeah. And how sleepovers could be good or bad, depending on the, the house that the kid was being sent to. But generally mm-hmm. if, if, if a kid came from a dysfunctional family, sometimes sleepovers actually could be good if the kid coming from a dysfunctional household was able to see a healthy functioning household mm. and a healthy functioning family structure. Right. So in that right. way, sleepovers can be beneficial. That The counter to that is if you're sending a kid from one dysfunctional household to the other, you yeah. might be re-ingraining um, or deep, deeper ingraining unhealthy habits. Yeah, or I think, like, vice versa. Like, you take someone who isn't a functional family and you don't know that their friend's family is actually extremely dysfunctional. Yeah, Um, that's true, too. And and then exposing your child to a family that you have no idea what's going on and they might be exposed to maybe not necessarily anything like, you know, abuse or violent, but just to have them in that environment um, can be jarring for that child, you know? Yeah, definitely. Even if it's something as simple as maybe you came from a household that had a a strict 10 o'clock bedtime and the household that you're sending your kid to is like, no bedtime, you know, party till you're pooped and then we'll see you tomorrow morning. I can understand that. Right. Or like you don't have to brush your teeth and you can just eat candy all night. Like I remember going to like one of those and being like, we're not brushing our teeth. Like I'm so confused. So it's funny that you say that because my parents didn't enforce brushing your teeth before bed. Like I, that was what? not a rule that I, that I grew up having enforced. It actually wow. wasn't until I went to sleepovers that and other parents were like yeah you gotta brush you before bed like you're eating cake and ice cream and candy like brush your teeth before bed i'd be like oh okay but i actually learned that habit from sleepovers interestingly enough that is so funny yeah sleepovers can actually form some good habits for kids this is actually a really good segue to talk about like how sleepovers can be good for kids yeah for sure and I guess habit forming is a good first like, <laughs> place to start because I do think that kids, when your sleepovers provide an opportunity for kids to see how other people live. Yeah, I think or to that's just big. Try something new. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's new food, maybe new ways of living. I think for me, a big one was like no, sh- like take your shoes off at the door. I remember that was a big one for me as a child. Like, okay, no shoes in the house. Oh no, house shoes. I understood the significance of house shoes. <laughs> right. Because in my house, we didn't take our shoes off at the door. Right. Like, or or me, me was the opposite. I would walk into people's homes with shoes. And there you I go. Would, and I would be like, this is so weird. I feel dirty. Yeah. But it, <laughs> but it's so interesting. It's interesting how 
how those small changes, when kids see them, it forces kids to be adaptable because they're experiencing new house rules and rituals. Maybe yeah, bedtime right. And they or- and they have to be open and they can't be rude about it, right? So you just yeah. you start you you learn manners and hopefully if your parents taught you well at home and if not, then you learn on the yes. spot. You know, like if you sure. have a close enough, I remember like I had close enough like friends at that time where like her dad he was he was a lawyer and he was really strict and I remember like whatever he said went and I remember like always kind of like being like very well mannered around him in a way where I didn't have to be at home you know and so you it's almost like it's so ironic it's almost like you it's like it's good for the kids in the sense that they almost start to get like a glimpse into like what society could be like, right? Yes. Like how you yeah. act around people, what you say, what you speak, what you eat, what you wear, like all of that yes. um, is taken into account, which I never thought of. Yeah, actually, that's a really great segue to the next point because sleepovers do provide uh, an opportunity to learn social boundaries. That's, yeah, because yeah. As a kid, <laughs> You are sort of tacitly aware that you are supposed to act differently in someone else's house than your own. Like right. you are aware that you there are manners for outside the house and <laughs> in your house. And you right. better show off those manners or else yeah. at least my mom will pull me aside quick and be like, excuse me, you are showing the blackest part of your ass and I didn't raise <laughs> you like that. But, but what you're saying is right. You do experience a glimpse into what society is like, whether it's what's happening in the house or even the neighborhood at large, even just mm-hmm. like going going to a sleeping a sleepover up the street and yeah. maybe that part of the neighborhood had a lot of teenagers in surrounding houses and how loud the houses would be right because right. they were teenagers and like right. they were saying up till midnight and I didn't know that you could do that and right wow. <laughs> how awesome yeah no totally um I also think that sleepovers give kids the opportunity to strengthen friendships that they yeah. already had or to form new ones because not mm-hmm. all sleepovers are from are with kids that you know from class sometimes sleepovers could also include people from your AYSO soccer team or your music class or whatever. Um, So I think that sleepovers, sort of like school, it's a really great place for kids to learn sharing, playing fairly. Uh, And I think once you're a little bit older, how to settle conflict without going to a parent. Right, right. I agree. I think it a lot. It teaches a lot of social skills, social boundaries. Um, It also, I think, is super important because you know, you can connect with your friends on a certain level that you necessarily can't at school. Like something about like laying like in bed at night Mm -hmm. and you can't sleep. And so you start talking about the most weirdest and strangest and wildest things that, that really allow you to connect in a way where maybe you never have before, you know? Yeah. I think that also the point that you made also um, sort of lays the groundwork for the idea that friendship doesn't just stop at school Mm. and being a good friend doesn't just stop when the friend is out of sight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I agree with what you're saying a lot there. I also think that sleepovers teach independence. I mean, let's just like call a spade a spade. Right. Sleepovers ideally are a safe and controlled way for a parent or for parents to spend time away from, their kids. Right. Um, Sleepypeople.com had an interesting thing to say about this. They said, quote, kids will have to fend for themselves within reason at a sleepover and they'll learn some skills which might seem basic, but that they probably haven't experienced before. Things like packing clothes and getting ready for bed without mom and dad. Mm. Um, Which I thought was a really good point to make. Yes, I do think that a sleepover is sort of like the first de facto trip 
a kid might go on, right. so to speak. Yeah, for um, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how to pack yeah. for that. Um, right, sleepovers, right. I never thought about that. Yeah. I, sleepovers also cultivate self-advocacy. So again, mm. sleepypeople.com had this to say. I thought it was pretty interesting. At a sleepover, your kid won't be able to rely on you every time they need something. Uh, this can be a big step in personal development and get them more used to doing things for themselves. For example, if they're hungry or thirsty, they need to learn how to go and ask for some food or drink on their own accord. Yeah, or that's interesting. Something like, or something like going to the bathroom. You know what I right, mean? Like, right. like, are yeah. you able to... This is gonna Go. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, are you able to like, in the middle of the night, get yourself up and together? Right. I remember being dark, you know, being dark and having to pee and like having to rely on yourself because all of your friends are asleep, but you have to pee. Right, right. Or what about like number two? Like, there's a lot of there stuff around that as a kid, there you know? Like, you go. can you go? Do you go? Like, should you yeah. wait till you get home? <laughs> like, right. Yeah, it's for sure. Interesting. And you just start to navigate those waters as you get used to going, as you get used to like being in your mm-hmm. body, being yeah. in your own space, you know, speaking up, using your voice. I think that's all super super important and i wish i'd gone to more sleepovers <laughs> <laughs> i had one of my friend's moms oh, she had a rule that we would never make a big deal out of farts like you laugh when someone farts but you don't go like ew you farted because you never know in someone else's house those sort of bodily functions like you're talking about like how they are treated yeah and so it's better to not treat them as though they are taboo and disgusting I think that's great, too, because I can only imagine, like, the amount of kids that, like, threw up, got sick, food poisoning, yeah. like, diarrhea, like, all sure. the stuff that, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really know even that, like, your boundaries, right? Like, you're going to eat, like, a thousand cookies if you feel like it, right? If you're, especially sure. if your mom's not there, I would. Sure, definitely. <laughs> but also, like, when you're not feeling well, up until the point of going to a sleepover, you have your routine. Like in your yeah. brain, if I'm not feeling well, I go and get in bed with mom or I, you know. I, yeah, I can whatever. tell her and she will listen. And, sure. And she might, you know, bring me some hot water or something. But when you're out there, there there can be embarrassment, right? Then maybe sure. you hide. Maybe you don't want to show. And then maybe like it ends up coming out anyways like it's just it's just interesting to like look oh my god it's crazy now like I look back and there's just like many times where like you're faced with something as a child and in that moment you just gotta get through it you gotta get over it you gotta like figure it out somehow um yeah so crazy huh for sure definitely um yeah I also just feel like sleepovers give kids the ability to feel a little bit like more grown up because like, yeah. oh, I'm going to not be with mom and dad for the night. Like, right. I, like I have a plan. And I think, right. you know, like kids are aware that that parties and slumber parties, that's their social life. Even if we don't have the vernacular to say, like, this is my social life. I have a, a poppin' yeah. social life. Like, right. we know that it exists. Yeah, I um, remember I remember like going to sleepover and like feeling like a high and then like coming home and being like, oh, boo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, totally, right? For sure. Uh, sleepovers <laughs> also teach kids responsibility, point blank. Don't yeah. make a mess. 
whatever you pack, you got to bring it home. My mom was always very clear, like, make sure you have everything because I'm yeah, not driving Yeah, don't forget anything. Here. Right. Yeah. I'm not driving back to go get that sweatshirt, girl. Right. I told you. Like, be yeah. thorough. And you yep. learn pretty quickly as a kid, like, oh, I left my favorite sweatshirt at homegirl's house. Well, Maggie is not about to go drive and get it. So I think that's just lost. Like, like, like get used to life without it. <laughs> Your mama taught you well. (laughs) And I think the final thing, and I think this is an important uh, final benefit for kids, is sleepovers build trust between parent and child. Mm. So it goes without saying that trust is necessary for every relationship and relationships between parents and children, no different. And the idea here is that eventually parents have to start trusting their kids to be able to go out and live their lives and take care of themselves and fend for themselves within, again, within reason. Um, And the earlier this could start, the better. So if a parent shows a child that they trust them to behave correctly and be responsible and follow rules and you know, and are using sleepovers as a vehicle to do that. Mm -hmm. The idea is that hopefully a child will reciprocate with that trust and responsibility to the parent. So it's like a mutual trust building exercise, if you will. Yeah, that's great. And I think it it also like bleeds into other areas of their lives, you know, as children. Sure. I think to round out this episode, so Jack and I are not parents. We are (laughs) childless women. We are. we're not going to end this with a call to action because (laughs) – That feels rude to tell parents what to do as non-parents. So we're going to answer the question uh, is, uh, we're going to answer the question of, are sleepovers necessary? Do we have to send our kids to sleepovers to have healthy children? Um, I don't know about healthy children, but I think just, like you said, that's a rite of passage. I mean... You know my answer. I I I I would love I would love to be able to, you know I w- I think I would be fairly strict. Um, sure. With my child as well, unfortunately or fortunately, um, <laughs> but ideally, you know, if I know the family well enough, and I can actually, it's not even maybe the family, but if I trust my child enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely, you know, make sure that they go to a couple sleepovers and enjoy themselves sure. because one of the best things for kids is to be with other kids, I think. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it is necessary in that way for me if I have kids. Sure. Okay. All right. I think um, – well, I don't necessarily know if I would say sleepovers are a capital N necessity. Right. I do think it is a necessity for kids to experience safe, controlled – but formative tastes of freedom away from parents, right? Or in, in, in like in, a, in like a controlled environment, right? Yeah, I think yeah, that's, like that's kind of important. Away from school, because like school and the, the confines of that sort of act as a de facto substitute yeah. temporary parent for um, sure. Because I do think it is important for kids to grow as people, and I think that. We learn to trust ourselves and learn our boundaries of personhood when we get to attend things like sleepovers. Yeah, um, and, and and I do think there is, like you said, there is something important about a child not being with their parent. Yeah. Um, there is some kind of growth. There is growth and, and learning in that, and that's kind of what life's all about, right? You're not going to be with your parent anymore. Yeah. So. I also think that sleepovers are, are important because they give kids a taste of different kinds of power or leadership. Mm, interesting because when you are because growing up you know your parents way or your parent way but going to other households and seeing how they operate the households and how they and how these mothers and fathers um are raising kids 
I think that's important for kids to see because mm. I think it's important for kids to know that there's not just one one way. way. Mm. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, because I also think the adverse of that is like sleepovers also give kids a sense of control over themselves, right? Yeah, like, right. oh, am I going to sleep up? Am I going to stay up all night? Well, I'm going to be tired tomorrow. Do I want right. to risk it? <laughs> Hmm. Like I think that those 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 automated choice those autonomous choices excuse me right are important for kids right I totally agree it's like the building blocks of you know them becoming responsible adults sure and I think my last point is like sleepovers are fucking awesome like <laughs> there's something really special about hanging out with your friends all night long laughing bonding sharing secrets creating memories falling asleep together and then bam. You wake right. up and they're there still. Like I, know. I think that is the coolest thing in the world. Yes, and maybe some there's like a couple pranks that are pulled. Someone has like a mustache yeah. drawn on their face or something. Yeah, totally. So, so yeah. I guess I guess I will. I I think that maybe a sleepover isn't a necessity because as if any parent is listening, you know your child best. But I think these experiences and feelings are important for kids to experience and feel. I agree a thousand percent. That's our episode, y'all. Let us know if you were allowed to or not allowed to go to sleepovers <laughs> as a kid. Were they your jump off? Were you the kid that had to leave at midnight? That was always the worst. Yeah, that heart- happened to me a couple times. Oh, my heart always like my mom would be like, to leave early. My mom would be like, you can go, but you can't sleep over. And I'd be like, then what's the point? I agree. <laughs> what's yes, the I- point? <laughs> Tiny Jackie has a right to feel like that. I mean, let's be real. The party don't start till the parents go to bed. Right. We, all the kids know that. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts. Give us your sleepover thoughts. Uh, but Ooh. other than that, that's our episode. We are the Black and Yellow Podcast. You can find us on the gram at Black and Yellow Podcast, or you can reach out to us individually. My name is Alana Alana Webster, but at uh, but on Instagram, I am at Renegade of Fun. I am Jacqueline Chung Young on the gram. We're also on Apple Podcast and Spotify Podcasts. Um, let us know what you guys thought about this episode. If you guys want to rate, review, help us keep this little baby alive and growing. Um, and that's our episode for today. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. Happy Thursday! Happy to you new all. administration. Here's oh to yeah, our next, that's a new four years. It's Aquarius season. You know, it's about to rain here in Los Angeles. We got new energy coming in. It's going to be good. Lots of goodness. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.